comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. My name is Oliver Queen. After five years in the house, I returned home with only one goal, to save my city. But my old approach wasn't enough. I had to become someone else. I had to become something else. I had to become the Green Arrow. When I was a child, my planet Krypton was dying. I was sent to Earth. I work with my adoptive sister for the DEO to protect my city from alien life and anyone else that means to cause it harm. I am Supergirl. My name is Barry Allen, and I am the fastest man alive. To the outside world, I'm an ordinary forensic scientist. But secretly, with the help of my friends at Star Labs, I fight crime. I am the Flash. I'm here because the future of the world is in peril. Because of a man named Bandor Sandwich. I chose you eight to travel throughout time to stop them. You got the wrong guy. Hero ain't on my resident. Where I'm from, you aren't just considered heroes. You're legends. Hey everybody, welcome to the DCTV Podcast episode 80. We've done 80 of these. Wow. Octogenarian. How is this? And welcome to a very special men's show. It's all the men's are here. Yeah, so we do a lot of mansplaining. And me. Where, where does a mansplainer get his water? From a well, actually. Oh. oh. My sister's favorite joke. But anyway, we have a full deck of shows. Uh, on deck this week, we have Gotham, Lucifer, Supergirl, Flash, Arrow, and Legends. And we are down one Jerry Atkins song because she is off on mermaid training on a boat, swimming with mm-hmm. dolphins. Oh, yeah. Um, having uh, sex with a manatee. I don't know what the hell is going on down in the pictures. I, I don't know. Let's start with Gotham. There were only like two storylines in this episode of Gotham, really, because we didn't see Bruce, we didn't see Alfred. Nope. I mean, we nope. didn't see a lot of things. They focused on two storylines. The first one being the Penguin falling in love with Enigma. Yeah. And we called this before. Like, yeah. 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 I did. I, I think we even talked about it last time. Like, somebody brought it up, I think. I think Jerry was the one that said it first. Yeah, I mean, it's something we didn't agree with, though, just because, I mean, it's kind of obvious that, I mean, I don't know. I mean, Enigma has been uh, portrayed as straight in the past, but, I mean, they really haven't gone into that aspect of the Penguin, you know? Right, they never really did. I mean, we've all been there. Like, we all fall in love really hard with someone and have them not even notice you that way. I mean... Oh, yeah. Everybody everybody can relate to that, and it was just like... um, he realizes he has this like epiphany and the whole episode is him doing these mundane tasks he hates doing as mayor trying to get up the courage to tell ed how he feels and you know it's not gonna go well well especially with that scene at the end where he's sitting by himself mm-hmm. he said oh let's have dinner tonight at the, at the mansion blah, blah blah he's sitting by himself there's like we're you know, in a whole like banquet set out for like be enough food for like 20 people probably and it's just waiting for, for him and Ed, and Ed's not there. And Ed is getting wine at the wine store with a woman who looks strangely like Kristen Kringle. Yeah. And also comes at him with a riddle, which makes me wonder, A, is she real? 
Is it just a figment of Nigma's imagination? Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm thinking that it's a total figment of his imagination. Because one, now, I, it looked a lot like her. Was that the same actress? Mm-hmm. That's I, I, I so, thought yeah. it was, but it was. there was enough of a difference in the way she looked. I was like, I don't know, but um, yeah, I just come on. He chopped her up. There, she doesn't have a twin. This, mm-hmm. this is this is his. This is more of the evolution of him becoming the Riddler. That's oh, we don't know is. she has. And this also could very much be because I mean there were those couple of close calls between him and Penguin, where I mean like. You said, Jim, even we were questioning it before and wondering. So maybe this is even more of his subconscious coming out fighting against something that is unnatural to him. Who knows? Or or it's uh, it's either a twin who wants to find out if he really did it to get him to admit it or. Right. That's I mean, that's another possibility, like. You know, she, I mean, was looking into her, you know, I mean, it was obvious they did it. They found her burying the body and stuff, but she might want to get revenge. Mm-hmm. Kind of like uh, Goldie in uh, Sin City, right? Right, right. Or uh could be Clayface. Or, or, something. Well, or yeah. something that came out of the... Oh, that's a good point. They yeah. never they never really clarified what happened to that guy. Mm-mm. And that would be, but, I mean, that would have... be a, but that would be a good way for Strange to mess with Nigma. Right. Enigma under his control. Wow, good exactly. one. Good idea. Well, that's what I was going to say. How would he know about Chris Kring? About, well, about they wouldn't be alone. It had to be somebody. But the police the busted Enigma, putting you know, burying the body. He was arrested. It's just he got sent to Arkham and then declared mm-hmm. sane again. So, I mean, everybody, it's right. a matter of public record that he right. murdered her. That's true. Yeah. Right. yeah. You know, but then it had to be some. Yeah, it had to be somebody smart enough that could psychoanalyze it. It know. very, it very much could be Clayface. That's a good call. If if that turns out to be true, man, you're the man, Daryl, because that's a good call. And, I like that. Strange might be using him to his own end, you know, trying to yeah, get under right, him yeah, and you know his leverage against the. Um, he did counsel, owls, so he knows yeah. his he knows his dirt. Yeah, yeah. So, interesting. We'll see. Um, the other storyline was um, Jervis Tetch, the Mad Hatter, putting uh, Gordon through all these various death traps. Tetch has been gone, what, a week? Yeah. Since the last thing? Mm-hmm. That just seemed a bit much to me, like all the different elaborate death traps he had set up. Like, yeah, it was just a giant wall of TVs and like all this. Yeah. Yeah. Where is he getting all this time to do all this stuff? I mean, he's got those two lackeys, but that's not a whole production company like that. They're not that bright either. <laughs> not to put together that thing. Finally, Touch makes uh, uh, Gordon make a, a choice between Valerie and um, Lee. Mm-hmm. Right. And here's the thing that really bothered me about this scene. When they mm-hmm. had his uh, um, uh, Falcone's son, the one who's uh, um, going to marry Lee or whatever, her fiancé, Right. And, and try to like save the day by you know getting a drop on them or whatever, and Tesh says, "Well, I hope that that was your entire plan to send him behind me." Blah 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 blah. blah. I was just thinking, this has been an awesome time for about eight of Falcone's boys to be like, you know, to come out of the door and be like, "Yeah, that, drop it." Dumb, you know, it just seemed like plan. that was yeah. another dumb Jim Gordon plan. It just seemed yeah. like I thought there was going to be another layer to it, and there wasn't. Definitely. Definitely was off. Because why, like, your only plan is to have another guy come in there who 
And not, even an, one not even a cop. Like, not even, yeah, train, not even a cop. Like, why wouldn't you have it where Falcone's people would be? Or call them and have them ready? Like, you can't tell me. Yeah, it was just very... And then, even with the even with the Mad Hatter, you had everybody dead to rights. You could have just killed them all. Like, I... I don't get it. Like, it, yeah. it's just the whole thing of just he shoots her and then runs away. But he has, like, plenty of time to just, like, shoot the other one and kill and try to kill them both and go. Like, he, he was like, I'll shoot her and then I'll, I'll let you take her to the hospital and probably save her. That was kind of how he did it. Like, it just didn't make sense that that was your... I get you wanted to make him choose. He chose. But then even with that, you only shoot her... And then you run away. And then there's yeah. also the thing like, did he know that Tetch would choose the opposite of what he chose, and that's why he that's chose That's what right? I was thinking. I'm All like, right. does does he think? But you know, yeah, it made no sense. I didn't get. I didn't. It just didn't. And that'd be nice if he could save at least one of them. Yeah. Not the two girls, but I mean, before that, like it would be nice if we could just save one person first. Like he's he's coming off as the worst cop. He's not even a cop anymore, and that was another thing. He didn't even and Bullock calls him on at the end of the episode that he didn't even let Bullock know what was going on through that no. whole thing. No, it was dumb. Like he couldn't have like you know, pulled out his cell phone and been like, "Hey man, he's running me all over town." You're totally stupid. It just didn't it didn't make any sense. You don't like you run in a room with electricity and you don't think to turn off electricity before you just run in the room. I don't know, it's just kind of crazy. Yeah, like, and, you, it's just... And, like, you know, they got, like, a giant tea service set up in Lee's mm-hmm. house. I mean, it just seemed like there was a lot of, like... It just seemed to stretch the credibility for me that he was to be able to do all this different crap, you know, set right. it all up, time, yeah. time it perfectly, and, and all this other, you know. He ain't the clock king. No, he's a mad hatter. No, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they mix in too Which- many... I'm really enjoying this portrayal of Hatter, and I really kind of like a lot of the aspects of this character and where they've gone with it. This episode just didn't, a lot of the behavior, while it made sense from a character standpoint, didn't make sense from a story standpoint. No. But, um, I mean, it was fun, like the death traps and, and different things. It was, you know, fun. You know, oh, yeah. I was waiting for him sense. to pause and be like, you know, we'll be back. Same bad time, same bad channel. I mean, it was that cheesy, but it was still fun to a point. To a point. To a point. Well, in our in our ever-expanding, uh, uh, um, I'm always trying to keep the recap shorter, and this one is a good one to be short because that's pretty much all that happened in this episode. Yeah. That was it. Um, there's a lot of sneering between Gordon and Hatter, and Hatter yelling mm-hmm. at Gordon, and Gordon yelling back. And uh, but yeah, that's pretty. Did I did I miss anything huge? No, no. I, I, no, so. I mean, <laughs> I I give it a C minus. I mean, it was very average, and for the few uncomfortable, unexplainable moments that they just didn't quite hit the beat on, it gets the minus. It's a C minus. Yeah. Yeah, it gets a C minus for me too. I, I just it's just too many it's, it's just too many things that happen here. You're sitting and going, it just was empty. Like you know, the fun traps and all it was one thing, but then That's it got to the point where where was the end of it though? Like what 
what was the point? What was the end game? And it looked like he had no end game. Yeah, just to make him like shoot one of the women he loved or whatever. Then there was nothing past that. Or, yeah. Just, um, but I agree with with Chubb. I like the portrayal here of the Mad Hatter. I like. Yeah, he's good. Kind of like he's, what he's doing, but just yeah, it just kind of. I think it took up too much of the story this week. I'm more interested in like what's mm-hmm. going on with Bruce and um, some of the other things that kind of just left hanging in the air this week. So it's guess, stretching it. It's stretching this thing longer than it needs to be. Yeah, well, there's and, been like three episodes of Mad Hatter, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Right? Well, and that's the thing is, I wonder if there there was just a lot of writers with a lot of ideas that all had good merit, and they just tried to fit too much of it in, and they've stretched it out over too many episodes, or they've put things in an episode where it didn't quite fit or make sense. Um, I'm to the point of I want the resolution with this guy. Yeah, I'm I'm ready for that too. Yeah, I think they also Great. need a few episodes to take the focus away from uh, Fish Mooney and her band of misfits. Yeah, well. I mean, I'm all about this character. I would, I don't want to see him, uh, you know, this be his only appearance and done. I mean, I, I, I definitely would like th- for them to save him for something else down the road. But if they keep going too long, stretching it out, it's gonna that character's gonna overstay its welcome, and it's gonna become a joke of itself. So yeah, I give it a C as well. Uh, let's move on to Lucifer. Yes. Uh, we see at the very beginning of the episode that it was Lucifer's brother Uriel that was kind of responsible for the car crash. All he had to do was move a skateboard mm-hmm. like three feet out of the way. And that kind of. Oh, it's, uh, the it's sequ- Christopher! It's Christopher! Yeah. Michael Imperioli from The Sopranos. Also yes. Yes. Uh, but it kind of sets off his character. He kind of reminds me almost of Karnak of the Inhumans. Like he sees. Everything in the patterns, totally of, yeah. of Ooh, life, and he is—he doesn't yeah. have to like. Uh, he doesn't have to go attack someone directly. All he has to do is like, like the show at the beginning, move a skateboard, and it'll set off yeah. a chain reaction in the patterns He's... of life that cause someone to almost die. Yeah, he sees the patterns. That's exactly what he does. Yeah, it does remind me of him. I thought that was a cool take on the on the angel, though. But um, mm-hmm. uh, Chloe did survive the car crash. She got out of that. Pre- I mean, she recovered pretty quickly too. It seemed like. Well, he's playing with her. He's like, I'm not killing her yet. This is this is to let you know that I could do this at any time I want to. Right, he's kind of toying with him to begin with. Yeah. Um, the procedural <laughs> is all about them, uh, like, uh, following the death of a uh, action movie star. The mm-hmm. series Body Bags. And now here's one likable trait from Dan, the douchebag cop. <laughs> mm. uh, he actually likes, he likes action, the same action movies that Lucifer does. I love how they turn into this broing moment every time something comes up dealing with yeah. it. Yeah. Every guy on the episode just suddenly body bags. Well, body bags three was the best man. Yeah, he was the less annoying out of the for the first time. I mean, it's show. like when Daryl talks about spaghetti, you're just like, we get it. I'm gonna punch you in the face, Joe. Um, while Chloe and Lucifer at the crime, crime scene, uh, he sees Uriel and he finds him on the rooftop and they talk and mm-hmm. he says, you know, like Daryl said that if he, uh, if he won't take, uh, let mom go with Uriel, then, uh, the, he will take, uh, Chloe's life. So, um, later on, uh, you know, so Lucifer says to Amendiel, go deal with this. You know, you're the big brother. Go kick his ass, right? Mm-hmm. And Amendiel really has not fessed up to them that he has lost his angel's wings and stuff. 
So he goes to Uriel and he tries to be all bluff and bluster, you know, tries to bluff his way through and it doesn't quite work for him. Uh, Uriel no. kind of kicks his ass. Not at all. Because he, he'd always had, uh, you know, he'd always uh, uh, was jealous of his big brother and the power he has. So he's kind of like enjoying it a little too much, um, taking it out on him now. Uh, after he comes back all beaten and bruised, Mendiel has to confess to Lucifer and to Charlotte that he's losing his powers. So they're not sure what to do. Charlotte offers to give herself up to Uriel, but Lucifer says no, we'll work something else out. Uh, he meets Uriel at a church, ironically enough, and starts to fight Starts to fight him, and uh, then is interrupted by Maze, who takes over for a while with her um, her blades, I guess, that can kill, that also can... The same blades we saw from last season that she could have right. used on a Mendiel. They, I forget, they're, they're steel forged in hell or something. Yeah, it, can cut it, like it spiritual, can hurt spiritual ble- uh, beings, and right. Uriel has this blade. It's a blade of Azrael, I think you said it was. Mm-hmm. Um, that can erase you know spiritual beings from existence, like actually kill kill them. You know what I mean? Right. And in the fight, Lucifer finds the blade and runs Uriel through and kills kill kills him. Ooh. Erases him from the the holy rolls or whatever. And right. It's funny because this whole thing about seeing things in advance, you know, Uriel's like. I didn't see that coming. And then, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I did. That was, I mean, that was the major, like, yeah. let's see if I missed anything else. I don't think you did. Oh, I mean, there was, I mean, Lucifer, um, you know, goes back to the club. He's felt sad and kind of, you know, guilty about what he did. And his mom knew what happened even without him telling him, it seemed. Right. So, so that's her other son. Yep. So she would know. It's almost like it, but then with her, I can't call it if she is, if this was all what she wants to happen or not. Like, I know she's acting very well, but it's this little look she gives throughout where it's like. It's still six. She's still six. You can't really tell what her motives are. I can't tell. I can't tell. She's a toaster. She's uh, so it'll be interesting to see. At, at least with this, I don't, I don't know what the what the game plan is. I really don't know if there's a there's a, a you know a secret agenda with the mother, and I don't even know what the secret agenda would be yet. Right. So uh, it, it that's what I'm glad about. Like a lot, it was very predictable with Lucifer the little first season, so I'm glad. Um, I don't know what's going on yet. So we'll see. I give it a. I, I will have to give it a B. It's a, it's a particular episode. I have to give it a B. I too give it a B. It's a good average episode. It mm-hmm. has some funny moments again with, like I said, them right. them bonding over the action star, and then they had the kid who played the uh, Iron Chef America. Uh, supposedly, mm-hmm. um, I can't remember the guy's name, but he's also been in a bunch of action movies. Yeah, um, as himself. So, uh, yeah, I give it a B. It was a good. It was a solid episode. Not you know. AA plus material, but yeah, it, well, it it was a good episode, but I still was left wanting at the end of it. You know, like there was something just I wanted a little more out of it. So I agree, right there, right B B minus, right in there. Sweet. Okay, let's move on to Men in Black. I'm sorry, I mean Supergirl. <laughs> or uh, Men in Black, you were right. Or Men in Black, part. yeah. Episode or uh, somebody else getting smitten over somebody of the same sex. Yeah, I, I think. And, I think uh, Alex is. Yeah, 
it could very well be. I mean, Mag- I, I I like the new actress that playing Maggie Sawyer. She's really mm-hmm. great. You know, the only what made me think that is when uh, when Sawyer said she had a date. Alex almost was like a little jealous about that. Yeah, I, yeah. I think there's definitely a respect there, and I think that's awesome. I I picked up on that too, and I had just kind of the same thought you did, Daryl, and then a couple other thoughts that I normally would have, but we won't discuss those. Yeah, and then and then I was like. Eh, maybe not. So I don't know, but yeah, it because they did possible. apply in in some of the talking of Su- of Supergirl uh, at one of the cons. I think they did imply that there would be an introduction of another character who is gay of one of the characters on the show that would will be you know they'll they'll uh, introduce him as gay. And it was funny that I think the actor who plays Wynn is openly gay, and he was like, and it's not me. Like he made a joke that it's you know out of everybody would it would you think it would be me, and and uh, he wasn't you know he said he made a joke that it wasn't him so I think that it, this is a story that they were hinting at that Alex might be be very uh, possible because they keep going with the whole thing of she feels so isolated. Yep. and alone, and she doesn't date anymore. And, and the last guy she dated was freaking Maxwell Lord, and they right. didn't really date. Right. Kind of. So I'm thinking maybe oh, that's what they're gonna, you know, kind of have that. Occur. I do. Was, I do want to see this actress playing Maggie Sawyer around more because she was good. They played she was off great. They played off well. Well, off you heard, you know, Charlie, uh, yeah. Charlie Lay played off well. Uh, well yeah, she was an adult. Job. You need more adults, man. Yeah, yeah, I like her as an adult too. Written like an adult, so I like that, and I I wanted that. Like I said, they need to introduce more um, people to the show that could be friends for them, or or love interest doesn't matter, but just a peer though. Like she, Alex has no peers. It's either Martian Manhunter is too much of a dad. A father figure. I think it's going to be more so with what we saw at the end, the very end of this episode. Yeah, right. I was going to say that. Yeah. So he 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 can't fulfill that peer thing, you know, that that peer role for either one of them. So you need that. You need, and and I think they're doing that with Supergirl with friendship with Lu- her her secret. I mean, you know, her um, civilian identity. She's she's actually striking up a friendship with with Lena Luthor. And um, also, this explains to me why they kept this separate from the other Arrowverse shows. Yeah, it makes sense. Because, I mean, if you have all these aliens and everything, that would be the problem here. If you were to mix that with the timeline slash metahumans on the other shows, that would just be too much, I think. It it probably would. I mean, there's a way to do it right, but to be honest, I don't think the writers are just, I don't think that they could handle it, fitting all that in. Well, we heard that the... Cro- oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Mm. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I mean, we heard that the crossover is going to be the Dominators, so maybe that right. will stem from this as well. We start This episode starts right where the last one ended with Monel grabbing Kara by the throat and busting his way out of the DEO. Um, turns out President Olivia, and her name is Marsden, <laughs> so take, take note of that for later. Right. We're going to be referring to that in a little while. Yep, got it. Played by the still-looking-awesome Linda Carter. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, is arriving in National City, and then she's going to sign an executive order that gives uh, aliens, you know, extraterrestrial visitors, uh, going to let no more walls. Yeah. Gee, I wonder what they're really talking about. Yeah. Huh. 
Okay, it's a decent enough metaphor, though, because, I mean, you get why Maggie Sawyer does what she does, because she knows what it's like to, to be, you know, deal with prejudice because you're different. And uh, and Maggie likes different. She likes to hang out. I like her. Like, I, I go hang out with her and drink. Yeah. We go to bars together and hang out, because she likes, she's like, I, she's, it's it's good to have someone who's not extreme, like, law and order, law and, like, she's not so extreme, like, like, uh, like March, like John's is, right. but she's not so. She's more pragmatic. Right, she's not. Like, as she kind so of takes. Uh, she kind of takes uh, um, uh, Alex down a few pegs, a few points, you know, by, yeah, by uh, uh, making an observation or noticing right, something right. she didn't, or you know. She has experience. Like she's not. She's not as bright-eyed and new to this world because Kara's still pretty new. She didn't really yeah. experience a lot yet. She's been kind of sheltered. So she, you know, so she sees things differently than, than, uh, than them. And at the same time, she's like, yeah, y'all, y'all didn't know about this, uh, hangout with the aliens. You didn't know about that. Oh, because like, <laughs> they were thinking like Alex thought that she knew more than everyone. You know, usually they know all the secrets and, and no one else knows. But, you know, Maggie's like, I knew about this. A long time ago, you didn't. I've been dating some aliens. I mean, what did you do? It did What's very going much. On with you? <laughs> it did very much remind me of Men in Black, that bar though, or whatever. Oh, the totally. And stuff that was it was pretty funny. It's a new locale that we're probably going to use yeah. over and over again. You can tell that. Yeah, it's got some production go. value. It's yeah. Supergirl's Peach Pit. How do I know? Yes, that is exactly what that is. You are totally, totally right. That is their Peach Pit. Kind of, kind of spot, is or the right, library is, for Buffy, or the. I was gonna say, know. is he right to use that metaphor? Is he right to gonna, make a nine hundred two one zero reference? I was, mm-hmm. I was gonna say for for the young listeners of the podcast, that was from a show called nine hundred two one zero, not the one that was on a few years ago, but one that was on. Yeah. You know, Luke Perry, who was the star teenager, and it just turned fifty and was on AARP magazine. I know we're old. So, oh, I know. I'm older than both. But I think a more, I think probably a more fitting description would be the bar that they used to have. Uh, what was the drink? The place they used to go to in Buffy. It was a drinking place, but it was like more, oh, um, I can't think of the name. Or whatever it is, it was kind of it's like that. Like people got to hang out. There was a bar for supernatural beings, and and um, not Angel used to go there, but um, the other guy. Uh, Spike. Spike used to go there all the time. Remember, he would have card games and he would. The bronze. The bronze. Well, that was a regular bar, but they also had a supernatural bar, and this this seems a lot like that supernatural bar. It's just aliens instead of supernatural beings. That's all. Oh, are you talking about the one in Angel with where the the green demon guy sang? Yeah, it was a yeah. Yeah, born. Oh, I don't remember what that one was called. But it was it was used the same way though. That would they would get contacts yeah. from there. They would you know they would uh, plus they would hang out there and for people that were you know you know the angels and de- anybody could go there. Like if you were a vampire or you were a demon or you were whatever you were, you could hang out there and it was kind of a safe haven for you to interact. And it was a nice little locale for people to go to when they would have issues with each other or whatever. So I think it works very well. The, uh, we get this, I like the really good, we're talking about the Alien Amnesty Act, and Kara's like, mm-hmm. oh, this is great, or whatever, and John Jones is like, you know, 
People in this world don't have much tolerance for others who look different. I say that as an alien, as someone who was wore the face of a black, worn the face of a black man for 15 years. I love that he said that. I was like, wow, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah, it yeah, was, I yeah. That said that. Good line. Mm-hmm. Um, Kara saves uh, Pre- uh, President Marsden at her, uh, you know, uh, landing there from Air Force One. Uh, right. From some sort of heat using, you know, metahuman or something like that, and they don't really get to see who it is. But once she finds out that Monel is from Daxum, mm-hmm. she immediately suspects Monel of attacking the president. It's funny because they're like they each think the others is like assholes. They they're pl- right. they each think that the other alien race are are jerks. So, you know. She rolls her eyes when she 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 realizes he's from Daxum. She's like, "Oh, those people," and he's the same way when he when he finds out about the Kryptonians. He's like, "Oh, you know, those judgmental Kryptonians." It's it's right. it's kind of like Daxum is kind of like the working class planet, and then uh, right. the Kryptonians are like the uh, the, the science planet. Yeah. academic planet. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah, so you know that. So, how long does it take before they have their first kiss and then they start dating? How many episodes you get? Mm, I'm saying four, five episodes. Okay, because they don't like yeah. three. As soon as she walked in, I'm sorry, it'll have to be after the crossover. Yes. Oh she, yeah, yeah. Because as soon as she walked in that room and they started arguing, I said, "All right, they're going to start dating." This is this is her uh, rebound, dude. Uh, with you know, after James, that whole thing of I don't want to be, I don't, I can't be with you like that, James anymore. <laughs> this would be the guy that's gonna go and date for a minute, and then of course it's not gonna work out or whatever, or he'll find his planet and he has to leave. But that'll be, you know, it's funny because if he winds up being like their angel and Buffy, because I see a lot of similarities between Buffy and this show, right. Very much so. And by the way, Daryl, the name of the demon-friendly bar, demon-friendly karaoke bar was Caritas. Ah, right. I'm so old, I can't remember those names anymore. It's been years since I watched it. I had to look it up. But yeah, I see a lot of similarities with with that. Like, they gave her all the friends they're starting to add, even Alex getting a new potential love interest, if not at least friend, you know, new knew someone where she could go and hang out with without, you know, and and that's someone separate from Kara. So she can go and do her thing. And, um, you know, James is going to be off doing his, like everybody starts to, this is a part of Buffy where they, when they really started to get their feet, you know, uh, wet with the shows and how they wanted to formulate it. uh, and, And they would have it where they would each start to get their own thing. Like, you know, which McCall was starting to get you know, get her witch powers. She would do that. Willow, you know, everybody yeah. Willow, and everybody got their own thing to do, so that they wouldn't, you know. And and that's what we've kind of gotten, you know, with with everybody getting a role to do. And then they kind of have to, they kind of drift apart, maybe in the middle of the season, and then they kind of who's the together. Oz? Remember, they brought in Oz. To kind of round things out, who's who's the character that they brought in as the Oz? I don't think they have an Oz yet. 
Yeah. yeah so, I've so seen far until what season four or something. Yeah, I don't, I don't think they have an Oz yet because she Oz was just the one that brought in the date. Like that might be Maggie yeah. if Alex goes that route. You know, if she goes, if they go that way with them and for a romantic relationship, we don't know. Welcome but to I the think, Buffy the Vampire Slayer podcast. I know. <laughs> I know. Everything can be traced back, back to, to Watchmen. Yeah, <laughs> but there's such a formula with these shows, and I think that Whedon formula, which was first, you have to have to give it to that because it was first. He was doing that with TV shows first. It was a superhero show. I mean, you know, the way that they did it, he wrote it like a superhero. Oh, absolutely. So it kind of it kind of fits. You could Plus, do such- a, oh, I was gonna say you could do a lot worse than follow his model. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm saying. Yeah. Well, I mean. To, and and a lot have have come since him, mm-hmm. but there were very few examples that I can think of of ensemble shows that were so story balanced between the characters, season over season, episode over episode. I mean, yeah. you know, to, to be able to have, I mean, Buffy obviously is the lead character or whatever, the title character, but every single episode or every single little story arc centered around one person or one situation, but everybody got a their balance of time to where the stories were great. And that, you know, we see that a lot now, and I think that if they do this right with Supergirl, then yes, I, I agree that we're going to get the Supergirl version of Buffy. Right, because we know when, you know, when already has his new role as, you know, being a, a computer genius, and, and now he has the toys to actually, you know, right. use. It makes sense now because before it was like he was doing all this stuff with just a, a home computer. And it's like, where were you getting all this, you know, tech to do this? So now it fits that he can do that. You know, James is going to be doing the the no. Guardian thing. Oh, yeah, you know, he, had his, he had his whole subplot this week of where he had to stand up to snap her car. Mm-hmm. Which mm-hmm. I didn't, I'm sorry, you know, I like both those actors, but I didn't buy that scene for a minute. Not at all. He's just like, well, go ahead, walk. Not at all. It's not Ricard just kind of standing there, like waiting for the scene to end. <laughs> no, and yeah. and I don't, I don't want to discount Jimmy Olsen's skills or abilities or anything like that, but the position he's moved into seems like an odd evolutionary step from where he was career-wise in journalism. Yeah, I, I don't know. It just doesn't fit to me. I like it, but it just doesn't fit. They just don't want to bring in anybody new to fit. You can tell that they weren't really that. prepared for her not to be, you know, for her right. not to be on right. the show. And yeah. they don't want to bring anybody totally new to disrupt everything. So right. they just brought him in there to do this. I don't think they're going to concentrate so much on him being in charge. Which, if they do it that way, yeah. I mean, because the thing is, is I don't mind it. It just doesn't make sense. It's just weird. It's, I mean... If she's the owner of a media corporation, she could hire. I mean, there have been people that were younger and less experienced that were put in a position because you put in whoever you want. But there usually is someone underneath them that has the more experience that kind of helps them to acclimate and what to do. And Snapper Carr is just too much. They write him too much. He's Lou Grant. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's, it's, too, it's just like it's this, too extreme. Hardened, grumpy yeah. newspaper guy who lives for journalism. I mean, too extreme. So it's, many times. 
Yeah, it's yeah. too extreme for that. And and what really would most what really would happen is they would he would be his number two. He would be his number two, and he would help or him. And get, like, he had the yeah. experience, and he would work with them. There's no way you would hire somebody that would be that abrasive to fight against what you like. If you you gave orders that this is what's going to go down, this is what's going to happen. You're not going to put somebody on the on the payroll. To, that's gonna fight that much. It, it looks cute on TV and movies when you get up there and you yell at your boss and stuff, but in the real world, you you get a you get a package and you leave. Like you get fired. You don't really get to. Right. You you can't afford to get bad mouthed by other your you know other businesses. So you he leave. They fire him. He he's dirt. You know his reputation is dirt dirt all over the. And we know papers are not that. That's a dime a dozen. Papers are folding every day, so it's not a, a um, it's not a thing that's growing. In fact, that you 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 pretty right. much have to be careful of you lose that job. It's, there's not another one waiting for you, experienced or not. It's going to younger. Um, well, and that, that's the thing is is Catco is a media empire. I mean, right. he's he's in the dinosaur branch of this media right. empire. Right. It's like you said, he's lucky to be where he's at, and yeah. but it seems kind. Of, I mean, it, it it seems um, it seems kind of cool that she's having Kara, you know, follow mentor under him or or or, or whatever you want to call it, just intern or however. But that works. But when but it, but the, the the reason why is because she's get she doesn't have a journalism degree. She hasn't been in that realm. So we're gonna throw you into the dinosaur world of cutthroat newspaper journalism to cut your teeth on, and that's gonna give her better experience for the real media jobs that are of the twenty first century. So no, I get we get all that. It's just that I think they're trying. You can tell when they're trying to manufacture. Um, obstacles for some of these characters to have to deal oh, yeah. with that are just not realistic and that's one of them for me it's like the snapper car thing he's just too abrasive i can see yeah. him being kind of abrasive where this is not how it's done i mean you know like and they would have discussions about it but to come in the office of the guy that just got the job and and you're telling them you're going to do this you're going to do that they would first of all they wouldn't even listen to the other guy they wouldn't even listen to him because they know who their boss is and they're not trying to get fired. These are people that get fired in a heartbeat. They're not trying to get fired. They would not have listened to him. They would have listened to their boss. I'm sorry, are you signing my check now, Mr. Carr? Because exactly. right. last time I checked, it was him well, that was signing my check. That's and... just real. That this is a real thing. There's no way that the guy that own you know that is in charge of the whole company, he comes in that room. I don't care how long that's been your boss. When the guy in the uh, that's in charge of the whole company comes in there. And says something, you move your ass and you do it. It's just that's just the way it is. And if your boss want to be an idiot and be like that, you you know what? You go over there and you do that. Yep. But uh, I need my job still, so I'm gonna listen to what the boss just told me. So it's just so unrealistic when they're doing that that uh, I can see him treating Kara a little bit rough because he's trying to get her to learn. Yeah, but at the same time, and I totally get where you're coming from because, you know, in in teaching leadership seminars and things like that over the years, you know, I've seen all all your different types. But um, 
I, I, I guess from a production standpoint and a story standpoint, I get where they're coming from. They want us to have this over the top just and, and, and have this reaction so that at the end when Jimmy does stand up to him, it's it's this accomplishment his character has made. But it felt low. It felt forced. It didn't. Yeah. No, it didn't no. Hey, I, yeah. Now, yeah. I totally agree with that. I'm just saying yeah. I, I agree with the motives behind what they did. Mm-hmm. They could have done it better. Yeah. They, they really could have. Well, I don't want to tag up any more time on that. Just go ahead. That's cool. Yeah, God forbid you talk on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, from that dive bar, they get a lead on where Monel is. He's trying to beam a message back to Daxum. Mm-hmm. Karen confronts him, throws him in a DEO cell, and immediately he's like, oh, you're the guy who did it because you're a dirty Daxamite, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mon- from, from a monarchy that ruled a population of hoodlums. Mm-hmm. You're bros. You're just a planet of bros. A big bro planet. Don't yeah. <laughs> do not like. And deep inside, she's like, I like him. Just, oh, never mind. So CW, it's but I hate him. It is a CW thing. It's going to be like at least a few episodes. All right. So apparently, well, they, they gonna, had the CW on Krypton. They are going to argue many episodes. I bet that he's on. They're going to fight. That's how I know they're going to get together because they're going to, you know, they're going to go through the whole thing. She's going to complain to Alex like, "Why does he annoy me so much?" And I'm, I'm writing it down. I know what they're going to do. And Alex is going to say, "Huh? I wonder to, why he bothers you so much." To like, the point, they're going to call him Ross and her Rachel. Oof. I hope they don't start naming it, doing that stuff. But I could just tell the formula is to have them, you know, go at each other just a lot, and then she complains, and then eventually, you know, she's going to start dating him, and John is not going to be cool with that. Uh, Linda Carter gives a stirring speech, and, you know, that includes the line, the Statue of Liberty will stand for aliens, too. <laughs> yeah. She, you know, God love her, beautiful lady, not that great an actress. Anyway. <laughs> Right. Um, the the uh, she's signing the uh, the thing, and we see it burst into flames. Yeah, they've been attacked by attacked by Scorcher, um, another alien who was hanging out at that dive bar, and um, she's you know trying. Her point of view is that she thinks the Alien Amnesty Act is just their way to register all the aliens that can round them up and stuff. Mm-hmm. And considering last week, Cadmus just had that whole anti-alien thing on you know all around the world. Yeah, so I guess there's a good reason for her to be afraid. You know. All right. But um, uh, Kara realizes she's wrong about Monel and lets him go. And then tells him that Daxum is like, you know, dust, like Krypton is. President Marston gives John a piece of advice. It's not, it's not enough to defend the world, John. You have to live in it, too. And this is when we also get the um, the line about, you know, uh, a really cool jet. Oh, you should see my other jet, you know. And she wakes yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. Love that. Love that. That was awesome. They did the spit before that. They did the... Spin to put the fire out. They had one Supergirl spin like right. Wonder Woman. You know. I caught that. Yep. Yeah. The um, and as President Mars did is leaving, we see that she is an alien as well. Mm-hmm. Right. She's wearing trick uh, contacts. I don't know. Could yeah. Do you do you think she'll be part of the? She's doing this so that the um, White Martians. Did that? Then oh, what do you call those things? That's what the, I think uh, it is. For the crossover I'm talking about. Oh, the Dominators. I, I was thinking of the, yeah, I was thinking for the Dominators. Well, could be, you put the walls yeah. down, there's no defense. Mm, yeah. There's no defense for that world. Because yeah. I, I don't think it's going to be... I think they might cross over worlds, but I think it's going to start in the... 
Supergirl thing. I think if the aliens are Supergirl, then they might try to get to the other worlds. Because we don't know what... We've never seen any aliens so far in the uh, Flash and Arrow. No. And it, none. We've none. seen none. So be interesting. They're out there. I mean, they've got to be out there in their world. Does that mean? I guess. Mm-hmm. So, uh, oh, in the very last episode, John takes a little bit of uh, President Marston's advice, goes right. to the goes to the alien bar, and this uh, bartender's kind of shook up to see him in his Martian form, and it turns out that she is McGann Moore's, aka oh Ms. Martian, the last daughter of Mars. You know what dun, dun, dun. I know it'll be sound morbid and dark, and of course it's me, so that's why I would have it. But it would be pretty amazing if the reason why on the Arrow and Flash world, why there's no Kryptonians, is because those worlds were wiped out by aliens pre before they had a chance to ship any, you know, send anybody to to Earth. And then or, they find out that they could they, maybe they find out that these aliens got together earlier on this version of it than the other, you know, than a Supergirl yeah. world. Because the Supergirl or, world, they're, or they're Krypton didn't Krypton science scientists got through to the government and it never exploded. Yeah, but then you'd have to bring them back. I mean, I'm this is I'm saying on my end, I'm saying the explanation of why there aren't any any Kryptonians. Like, we don't have Superman, we don't have Supergirl, none of that is in this world. It'd be something if we find out that they're aliens when they do... If the alien crossover, they find out that they did kill the Kryptonians, because on their planet, they don't have powers yet. So what it would be something if if they wipe them out. What I've read so far is that the Dominators are kind of trying to get the metahumans... Mm-hmm. Trying to find more and more metahumans in the Flash Arrowverse so they can mm-hmm. come harvest their powers. Right. What if they're killing them? Yeah. What if they're killing them like the Daxamites? Any any of these met any of these alien races that could be a threat that doesn't join right. their group? What if they're just wiping them out? You know, Maybe. John Jones's world, like yeah. all of them. And that's why we've never had any contact from any of those aliens because they've been wiped out. Could be. Or they're refugees now somewhere. I give this episode, yeah. Uh, yeah. I give this episode an A minus. Um, I would give it a B, but it had Linda Carter in it, so I had to bump I, it up you, from there. I love. I, I know, still love you, Linda Carter. So I, can't, I can't help it. I love her too, but she's she's, she's a little stiff. Yeah, the way she played yeah. it was a little was a little. Yeah, stiff. I know, but still, I I gotta give a B plus for that. I can't can't give it an A. Sorry. Yeah, I was at a B on this episode. It was it was pretty good, and there was a lot of good moments, but yeah. it was it wasn't spectacular. No, it's coming. I know it's coming. It just didn't be spectacular. I agree. Let's move on to the Flash, season three, episode four, the New Rogues. It's the name of this episode. Right. We we start off with like a uh, a prelude, like a flashback to when the particle accelerator wave you know, went off, and we see what Leonard Snart was doing that night. Mm-hmm. He was trying to double cross his buddies. <laughs> surprise, surprise. Well, not even double cross. Remember, he said you did something I told you not to do. You, right. you spent money. I told you we don't we don't make we don't make waves yet. We hide. You know, like they. You don't spend the money up yet because they trace it. Like you know, this is he, even back then. He's not. He's not flashy with it. He's like, we don't. This, this is a means to an end to get to get paid. This is right. not a. 
flashy thing where we, you know, jump around and make noise. We don't do that. So you got to go. Yeah, it, it, uh, it was cool to see. I went with Miller there for you know that opening mm-hmm. scene. That was pretty awesome. Yeah. And, but as the uh, the fight goes on or whatever, um, you know, Wentworth Miller's trying to kill the two of them, and they fight, and that's when the particle accelerator wave hits, and Criminal Sam Scudder falls into a mirror, and uh, is you know is you see his partner in crime Rosalind you know screaming after him. Three years later, Scudder escapes the mirror. And now is able to hop from mirror to mirror surface. And uh, we get the name, of course, Mirror Master. <gasps> and who comes up with the name? Harry. Yeah. Boom. So and mad. Cisco's mad. And he's like, we, have, we already have a Mirror Master on here, too. <laughs> so sorry. Boom. It's so mad. I like how lame Dad Harris, Har- Harry Wells is. Love him. The um, I, We have, like, the parallel love stories going on in this episode, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. With uh, Wally and Jesse. And Barry and Iris, and like, uh, which concluded basically in Barry saying, "Hey, I need to get my own apartment." Yeah. Which I was but thinking, you know yeah, what? You're, I, you're in your mid twenties. You might want to do that. <laughs> you know what I love so much about this? You have characters that are not sitting there trying to contemplate my feelings. Oh, <laughs> do I like? I can't tell them that I like. Jesse's like, "Yo, dude, dude, I like you." What's going yeah, on? Exactly. What are we going to do? We we going out. You don't want to go out. Let me know. If you want to be friends, we be friends. But if you, I'm telling you right now, not a game. I like you. Bam. Right yeah, there. Wally's Done. The one, yeah, Wally's the one who's and Jesse wants to take their relationship to the next level. But he had a real reason. Like, it wasn't that thing of, I can't be with you. Right. Because the power. No, it was like, but you're going to go home soon, and then yeah, I got to be pining over you, and I don't know when I'm going to see you well, again. Long distance relationships are a, bitch, that's a bitch, man. That's rough. That's, that's rough. So, that's not, when he, and that's not just like, you know, across the country. That's like, nah, oh, that's earth. Mm-hmm. I can't fly. I can't just fly over there. It's different if I could just get on a plane or something and travel and see you, but I can't even do that. I got to tell, I got to wake Cisco up. I got to tell him, do that little thing that he complains about all the time when he got to do that. With the glove and all that. That's a whole thing. When you know he ain't really complaining because he's like, I get to be badass for two seconds. Yeah. 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 So I was so happy. And I love Iris again. The thing with Iris. And Barry Barry. wasn't an idiot this time. Like he was. No. He was the one trying to mentor Jesse a little bit. Like there's that scene where he's like telling her to think before she uh, acts or whatever. And he's like, oh my God, I've become Oliver. Yeah, yeah. It's such a callback because that's exactly what Oliver kept telling him all the time. Yeah, that's exactly what he tried to instill in him. Such a nice callback. And then we find that out in their first confrontation with Mirror Man and Master in the top. Mm-hmm. Uh, the top works his way to his old girl, and it turns out that she is in Iron Heights because she has vertigo powers. Right. Much like Count Vertigo, but you know, no no drugs involved or whatever. Nope. And he goes into Iron, T- Iron Heights and breaks her out. Flash and Jesse Quick as she introduces herself as this episode. Yay! Mm-hmm. Um, Love it. They try to confront the. You know, they, there's a really great chase scene with them. Yeah. Um, Love it. Across the, the surfaces of buildings and everything. That was awesome. And they Very get to awesome. the rooftop and then Jesse Quick gets hit with the top's powers. And now she just wasn't thinking there. No, she wasn't ready. They know exactly what her powers are and stuff. Mm-hmm. And she had no kind of defense to it, and you know, just ran right into it, you know. And then Barry has to come save her, and she falls off the side of a building. So, 
Um, I love it. Love it. That was a cool scene. Meanwhile, um, Harry wants to go back to Earth too, but then Cisco and Caitlin are thinking we need a Harry of our own. So they set up this thing with trying to. Uh, they set out a cryptogram or whatever that Wells would find interesting, almost like a trap, mm-hmm. to find a, a, a Wells on a parallel Earth that they can bring in. And they have Tom Cavanaugh do like a Southern version of Wells. There's like a British version. There's a French version. Who's a mime? And they're like, pass. You know. Yeah, that was a. That was just. <laughs> that was and then the one they end up with is kind of a hipster a little bit. Yeah. You know, he's got bit. the doofus hat that you see the hipsters wear and stuff. Uh-huh. But he's also nice. And Cisco and Kaylee want to invite him over. But Harry mm-hmm. is like, no, I don't want a hipster counterpart of you. No. You me? No. They go once again to uh, to try to stop Mirror Master on the top. And this time Barry ends up trapped in a mirror. Mm-hmm. And there's no way to get him out. They bring the whole mirror to the flash, uh, you know, the flash base or uh, the Star Labs, and uh, they figure out the only way to free Barry is to get the molecules in the mirror to slow down to absolute past absolute zero, like really, really cold. Yeah, who does that though? Who can do that? I don't know. Hmm, I wonder. Cisco uh, and and Harry kind of jury rig something based on his like Captain Cold Gun technology. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't get it cold enough. And then just then, a um, an alarm goes off. Caitlin's there, left alone with Barry, and she uses her frost powers on the mirror where Barry can't see. And then no one knows how Barry gets out there, but he does. Right. Oh, and Iris, your butt don't look big. I look, I, look, I was watching. Oh, yeah, no. yeah. I was watching the whole time. Perfectly fine. It's fine. Yeah. If, if it was bigger, I'd, I'd love it even more. Because mm-hmm. I like that. Okay, then. And then wrong with that. Never trust a big button to smile, don't you know that? So, um, they, they go to... What? That's true, though. That is true. Uh, they go to where um, Mirror Master and the top are holed up, and they use a hologram of Snart to kind of get into their heads. <laughs> yeah. You know, Mirror Master, and they show up, they find out it's just a hologram. Um, Jesse Quick takes care of Top before she can use her powers on her, and then the Flash outsmarts Mirror Master and traps him in a never-ending reflection loop. Mm-hmm. Loving that is loving a real Jesse. thing. That is totally a real thing. So mm-hmm. yep, that's cool. Um, I'm loving to see. I in fact, I'm disappointed when she goes home. Like you don't need to go home. Stay for a little while. She's a cool actress, and I like that character a lot. Just oh, she's great. I totally I, agree. She has so much fun with stuff. Like her Twitter is hilarious. When he, uh, they bring the hipster Wells over, and he like yeah. greetings or things, and he's like, "Oh, just kidding," you know, because they're oh, playing. they missed a message too. Remember, he did. oh, no, that's in Legends. No, no, no. Harrison was gonna say something to them. Just don't, and then in... right. Well, they're, that's when they leave. But they had like I was yeah. gonna say they had a nice scene between him and or her and Wally. Oh right. And everybody yeah. says their goodbye, and they get meet mm-hmm. hipster. Uh, he goes by HR, I guess. Yeah. And then he uh, warns Siski. He, he tells Cisco. Well, first of all, Harry says to Cisco, "You know, wh- whatever got that mirror cold enough, it wasn't us because our device right. didn't work." Right. So that's going to send Cisco's mind reeling, I think. And on uh, the way out, there's like, "Oh, by the way, don't forget to." And then they're gone, and they never get to find out what. And HR oh. Wells likes Big Belly Burger, so I guess there's Big yeah. Belly Burger all over the universe. <laughs> Right, oh, and Joe, Joe needs to step his game up. Man. Oh, yeah, Joe has a new liaison. Oh, for with sure. Him. Oh, yeah. She's been asking him out for, oh, like, man. I don't know how many on, since Joe. last season. Wake up, Joe. That's, like, what is going on with you? Staring, staring you right in the face, pal. 
Yeah. Um, the episode out. ends with Caitlin taking a shower. <laughs> Uh, team Caitlin. No, don't go creepy. Hashtag go creepy. Team Caitlin. Don't, don't go creepy. Uh, but while she's what? washing up, the water starts to freeze. Yeah. And she gets yeah. out of the shower, and uh, her lips have turned blue, and part of her hair has turned white. Just tell them. I'm, you know, oh, like, she's oh, annoying no. me that she won't tell her friends. Yeah. Like, how many times they've been through this that they know that she would be supported? Like, there's no, they've given you no indication that they would turn on you. For having abilities, so come on. But she knows in the alternate universe that she did become bad. Yeah. But matter. that was the alternate universe. Yeah. You also but what she doesn't to... realize is she may have gone bad in that universe because she didn't confide and get support from her friends. I'm saying, yeah. I think it's going to lead. I'm sorry. I think it's going to lead her to alchemy. Yeah. Let's try to get rid of her powers so she can be normal again. I'm sorry. If Barry but... wasn't such a big mouth and told her that she was evil and stuff. Alchemy is never the solution. No. These kids with their alchemy. Yeah. And Wally went and, and was like, no, Jesse is too fine to let her get away. That's right. We gonna work it out. We got Skype over there on Earth, too, because... Uh, <laughs> we gonna work it out. Work something out. Actually, they do have Skype. So I really liked this episode a lot. It was like reading a good issue of the Flash comic book, to be honest. Mm-hmm. It was like a one and done type story. Yep. Some some hooks that lead on to other other things. So, and it was a nice break from the Doctor Alchemy stuff. And so happy to see Captain Cold, even if for a brief second. Yeah, I hear we're gonna see. I hear we're gonna see more of him later in the season. So yeah, the season. I heard too. It's one of those villains that bounces from show to show. So mm-hmm. he'll I, be on. Yeah, he'll be on multiple. Mm-hmm. Show. Yeah, I like this a lot. I give it an A minus. Mm-hmm. I give it. I have to give it an A. I I really enjoy. I loved the performance of Jesse. Like just being, you know, like she was just so into it and not in a cheesy way, but just having a fun, you know, it was just fun for her. And she and it didn't have to be a Barry was dumb moment. Like I'm I'm very glad of that. It was not a Barry is dumb is, is dumb episode. This is actually Barry. You know, this is Jesse's moment to kind of get a learn learn a lesson about using her powers. So yeah. I, I like that. I really did. Yeah, I, I, I like the idea of Barry as a mentor too, because it's kind of I like foreshadowing for sure what's going to be yeah. happening in the future. Right. Yep. Okay. Yeah, I have to agree. I, I give it an A as well. Um, although I do have to say it's kind of weird that Joe is the one with the CW moments in the episode and not anybody else as far as relationships went. And a lot of relationship stuff was in this episode, you know. Well, I like how he called himself out. He said, yeah. Damn it, I'm rusty, man. <laughs> I ain't been on a date in a long time. Shut up. Shut up. We move on to Arrow. Season 5, yes. episode 4, Penance. I'm going to get the flashback out of the way real quick. You ready? Yes, get out there. Okay, Oliver is still trying to get in the Bradfa. Bradfa uh-huh. calls him to go to jail and kill this guy. He gets himself arrested. He goes to jail. He kills the guy. He gets out. No, he's <gasps> He followed orders. All right, next. The end. <laughs> we start off with the new team in action, which was pretty cool, except they're not doing too good. <laughs> I re- you know, I, and this is the comic booky guy side for me, but it really bothers me that Mr. Terrific is such a goofball. 
Yeah, I wish he would like. It, yeah. I I wish there was something a little more to, to set him apart for the rest of the team. Like he's supposed to be an Olympian. They mentioned that yeah. in this episode, and they mentioned it a few times. But like, he he's more his, out of shape. He gets his butt handed to him by this thug. Yeah, you know? it's not. It's not even like uh, um, Church himself, like they try to now, deal with later. Here's here's my question, and since Jerry's not here, I have to ask the hair question. <laughs> I, I already have to suspend disbelief somewhat with how quickly Arrow and everybody else gets in and out of their uh, outfits and whatnot when they go out vigilanteing. But I, I and I looked this up because I had this question: How long does it take to put cornrows in your hair? And on average, four to six hours is the answer Google gave me. So how is uh-huh. it he is doing that to his hair? Oh my God! I had every the same time argument. he goes out, I had the same problem. Who's rubbing that for him? <laughs> you mean to tell me it'd be funny though if it's Oliver sitting there because he knew how to do it on the island <laughs> in prison, how to call roll. Uh, but call even if it is somebody else in there, well, okay, doing it for that, they got four to six hours before they go out to do that. Every time You're he changes. Like, I know, I know, but hold on, hold on. You can, we can't tell me that it's like, oh, so and so is kidnapped. We got to go and rescue them. Hold up, give me five hours. <laughs> I could get my hair did. We just got, we then, just got a hot lead on church. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, give me that five hours. I'll be there. Like it just because in and sense. out of the different scenes where he was in costume and out, his hair would be afro versus crying. And I'm like, there is no damn way. So I mean, I know the actor has a thing with that hair, but listen, you got hired. Like, cut the hair or something, or put a thing over it. Like, put a something to figure it out because it's just ridiculous. Well, or at least <laughs> explain it to us that when he's not in costume, he's wearing an afro wig over it and it's always corn something because it just makes no sense. Well, that's ridiculous to wear an afro wig when you don't need to. Well, it's ridiculous to take five hours to go get ready to go on patrol. What is You're he, right. a woman? You're right. I don't get it. Oh, I don't. Come on. Whoa, whoa. Yeah, well, I, I can't yeah, believe you said stuff, that. Chop. Oh, jeez, sorry. Stop it. But yeah, it's just it's just a stupid it's a it's a Magnegro helmet thing to me. Like so, it's, it's, <laughs> it's just, just doesn't make any it's just doesn't make any logical sense. I, I will never repeat repeat that term, but that is just funny to me. I, well I can and I can say it. And it's definitely a, a Magnegro moment that just irks me. When every time I see him I go, How long did they have to wait for you to get your damn hair done? How long? This is ridiculous. They left four hours ago. Where were you? <laughs> your hair, your hair has filled this city. I'm saying. Anyway, uh, the team is hitting the hitting the streets, and uh, Curtis gets his butt kicked by this guy in a Hawaiian shirt, and then terribly beat up. Man. Yeah, I'm just like show us some basic comp. I mean, you know what? They oh. went out of their way to show Katie Cassidy as a black canary with hardly any right. training. Right. Like, at least hold her own in a street fight. And every time Curtis is out there, he looks like he just. T- being a human punching bag, you know. He's a, too much of a goofball for me, and I, that that kind of annoys me. Like, you know, you could be funny, you could be the funny guy. Sometimes. Yeah, That's like fine. I, I see him being more of a sidekick to Felicity in the Arrow Cave than right. I see him as a sidekick to all to of them. To be her. real, I I kind of don't even want him to be Mister Terrific at all. Just be it's just be a tech guy that helps out. Like you don't have to yeah. be that character. Just be. Um, 
Well, we just keep some, him. Hmm? Yeah. I was going to say they had some teases last season about T spheres. Remember, yeah. they like, it's yeah. offhand mentions of something that might have worked out into T spheres. I think if they mm-hmm. bring that in, it would make more sense. They'd be almost like it'd be like a second Overwatch, but in the field. Right. Because they'd yeah, be able to use the spheres to cover the rest of the team. You know? I wonder if they thought it was just too expensive because they you you see that they just totally just disregarded that. Now as, I'm still liking this. Other this arrow and the outsiders kind of team thing that's going oh, that on. I still like, like but I, it's just anything, his yeah. character. There's just too many questions. I would hope I like, I kind of wish that they just do one of those things where like with Katie, where um, he just says, you know what? I'm not cut out to be in the field like this, but I could do the, but I can help with the computer. Cause I know all this computer stuff. And I can do the, I can build the things you need, like if you need special guns. Let him train with bullets, Thea. Right, or something. And, and then him have train, him train a little bit. But just, he could be doing, like, he could be building weapons for them, like stuff they need. Like, Black Canary can, the new, uh, you know, Canary could have things that she needs to to kind of fight in the field. And he don't, he don't really need to be, you know, out there and it'll, he's still on the show and he's still a major part of the group but he doesn't need to be the I don't if you're only going to use him to just get beat up and shot every every couple of episodes that's just I don't see what we get out of that and I get no entertainment out of that we um we see them in uh, the team in action wild dog of course doesn't listen to the plan why would he? he's wild they almost lose the guy but they get him anyway Rory doesn't show up ragman and uh, Felicity texts him like 20 times, she says, and um, Rory then tells you know Arrow that he's going to quit the team because of everything Felicity had told him, which I was just like, what? It didn't make any sense to me. But anyway, he, he quits the team ostensibly at the beginning of the episode. Oliver and Lila make a plan to bust Diggle out of prison. Then we get yep. some mayors. Oh, I'm sorry. No, God, she's just going to get her man. Right, they have, to, they have to pick up this anti-molecular compound thingy or whatever first to help them out. Uh, but they do that, and that, um, they're able to, to get a hold of that, and then uh, their plan is go, even though they don't let the team in on it at all. Uh, it's just Lila and uh, and Oliver. Uh, we also get some mayor time. Uh, Adrian Chase, the DA, is waiting for Oliver to show up. Chase says, did you get kind of a Harvey Dent vibe from him, like from the Dark Knight? Yeah, a little bit. I did. Bit. Yeah, I think somebody mentioned that too in an earlier episode that we kind of thought that was kind of the role he was performing here. Chase Chase informs Oliver that a team of vigilantes caught Sergio Espinosa and delivered him to the anti-crime unit. But he says vigilantes are just a superficial solution. We need to get the streets clean. We haven't done our job right. So him and Lance go off to go uh, get some uh, evidence, which really means they're just going to be isolated so they can be attacked by Church's men. Back in the Arrow Cave, Felicity and Curtis, they can't figure out why they just stole this regular computer chip. There's another robbery at Palmer Tech. And then uh, Oliver uh, says, yeah, he can help because he's the intruder. He's the one stealing the polymer or whatever. That's, he has to steal it from Palmer Tech, Palmer Tech. And then there's a lot of arguing between Felicity and Oliver about breaking him out of prison, whether he doesn't, you know, doesn't want to or not, you know. And then uh, find, uh, the, other, the rest of the team finds out what he's doing. He's like, you've got the nerve to call me wild dog. You know, he's going to break into a federal prison and break out his brain. Right. So while, he's, while uh, Oliver and Lila are off doing that, they get a lead on church. 
and they decide to go in and because uh, there's supposed to be a big weapons buy or whatever they go in and the uh, attack goes bad uh, but Rory shows up at the last minute to help and kind of save the day um, uh, Mr. Terrific takes a knife in the back now here's another thing if he gets hit in the back and he has that same thing that's happened to him for Felicity he's the one who came up with the chips that cured Felicity right Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. What if the, he can make them stronger, faster, better than he was? You know. Uh oh. With this, with this technology, I don't know. I don't know. Just, a, just a thought. But it R- Ragman decides to you know, to join back with the group, and then uh, you know he forgives Felicity, blah blah blah. blah. Oh, and, and in the uh, and in the battle, um, you know, they all get away, but they have to leave Wild Dog behind. Uh, and then we uh, close. Uh, and then we see Wild Dog getting tortured by Church with a taser, and you know, kind of spitting in his eye and stuff, acting like acting tough, even though he's being you know chained. He should have never that, been there, huh? Is that the same place he had Oliver before? Oh yeah, chained up in the first episode. Of the they don't have that yep. many sets. They don't, they don't <laughs> have that many sets on, on the on the show. Um, back at the prison, Oliver. Uh, uh, I'm sorry. Back at the prison, Oliver takes out a guard, triggers a lockdown, Diggle's taken back to his cell. So Oliver drops in, and they, um... Diggle's not even surprised to see him, it seems like. No. You know, he's like, uh... He goes into this whole thing about penance, you know, he's, he's, you know, he's, um... Serving time for his brother's murder and all this other stuff, and Oliver has to talk him out of that dumb shit. And Tony's like, you know, if you serve penance, do it as Spartan. So he takes out the anti-molecular compound they stole and makes a big hole in the floor... And then uh, they're able to get through, and they uh, Shawshank their way through the pipes, yeah. the alarm sound, and the guards chase them with guns. Uh, and then they take out a ladder, they slip on a harness, and Lila, who's flying overhead, does that kind of skyhook thing, like out of Dark Knight Rises. That was, no, it was totally out of Dark Knight Rises. <laughs> exactly. It wasn't even like, it was exactly what it was. Like, right. like they CGI'd the plane yeah. out of that and put it into this. <laughs> I could see them discussing it like we're gonna do just like out of Dark Knight. We're gonna do that. I did like I did like this line when they uh, finally get back and dig on Lila together, and she says, "I figured if you wanted to make your own decisions, then you wouldn't have gotten married." Oh, that was a real that was a real thing to say. Yeah. Yep. And and I, and and I I came up with several little one liners right no, then and said, no, "Nope, no. I'm not gonna do it. I'm not gonna do it." So be proud of me. I am. I'm, pr- I'm proud of you. So yeah, this week uh, prison break. Next week they're gonna have to go rescue Renee. Yeah, and that team. I don't even know why they were there though. They served no purpose being there. Ragman actually, Ragman could have went there by himself. I don't. That's the thing I didn't get either. Why didn't Ragman be the one to stay behind? He has the the rags to take the dude down. He should have been the one to stay. To, because to it wasn't time. in the script. Well, Ragman had never, you know, Ragman supplied the shield for them to get out of there when uh, Lance uh, showed up with the van. Yeah, but couldn't he have just? Could, he could have taken out what you call it in 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 one second, and then ran off and went went back with them. Like he's known, like he's already shown that he can take them out. These things are supernatural. He can't beat them with a. I don't care how many brass knuckles he puts on. You're not beating the rags. They could have tossed them. Them rags would have tossed them down the hallway, and then they could have just jetted. They're magic, but they're not that magic, Daryl. Come on. But they did it in the mm-hmm. previous episode. Because magic. I don't know. 
Oh. Oh, well. But this was a lot of fun. I give this episode a B. It was. It's still good. I, I, I still, I gave it a B minus. It's still, uh, it's still holding great. up. It's still holding up. I uh, agree. B minus. I still like it. I'm gonna need John. I'm gonna need uh, John to, to get over to. I killed my brother because you keep leaving out the point where your brother said, "I will kill your child and your wife." Right. I mean, come like, on. And you after can, his brother had betrayed him like five times. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And you can have remorse and be sad because of what happened, but you you should realize your brother died five years before that. You don't as far no, as you're concerned, and 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 you can have this little guilt for a little bit, but come on, this is ridiculous. I ain't Bro, got that guilt for you when you tried to kill me multiple times, and then your last words are, "I'm gonna kill your wife and your child." You're done. Right. I don't. I don't have. No, but I mean, I get it. It's still his brother. He's thinking back to the brother he grew up with, and all not that like stuff. that though. Not exactly. Like that. That's the thing is, he's got to think that dude died five years ago. This dude that I just killed, that wasn't my brother. He has to think well, of it that he way. Will, he just learned that that dude five years ago was still doing bad stuff. Like, there wasn't even, oh, there was yeah, never but, a point when he was I'm not. I'm just saying his pleasurable memories of his brother, that person died five years ago. Well, we all know those, those all of that was all lies, though. Like, oh, he, yeah. he learned that in the, in the, in the last season, that they, all of that. Even, reason why he shouldn't feel guilty right as, not like that like you feel guilty that you had to do it you feel bad that you had to do it but uh-uh i'm gonna look at my child's face and my wife's face Mm-mm, that's not a choice like it's not like it's, i'm not i'm sorry it's not a choice okay and then well maybe that helmet blocks like logic from getting into his brain or something i don't know i don't know, I don't know either. all right uh finally legends of tomorrow this episode is called Shogun. Uh-huh. It'll be a pretty quick recap. Um, yeah, very much. First of all, Vixen stows away on board the time the Wave Rider and takes everybody out except Mick uh-huh. and Nate, who heals just in time to uh, to save the day. And now he turns into steel. Kind of looks like the Silver Surfer. Yeah, I know kung fu. Um, then they decide to mess around and they are having a little danger room session in the cargo bay accidentally knock the door open and Ray and Nate fall through time or actually Nate falls and Ray falls right. in because he doesn't want to lose him and they right. end up in feudal Japan and Nate's like oh no problem I can turn to steel blah 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 and decides to confront the local samurai but he doesn't turn to steel and almost gets killed oh can I can I add one thing sure. the historian decided to do this. right Right, not not not, to, not just an average dude on the street. And not only the historian, the hemophiliac historian, who's been careful and cautious his whole life, exactly, right. about getting hurt. No, all of a sudden now he's going to be like, "Hey, stab me! Go ahead, come at me now." And then uh, Ray has been taken prisoner by the local shogun, who has his armor. You and armor. Uh, here's what I wouldn't you put some sort of security thing in your armor so no one else could use it. Well, that's why Mick had the best line. An idiot is using it. Yeah. Because you... Well, you, there's, there's that, but also just... This is a guy from feudal Japan. You're going to tell me he was able to quickly understand, even if he had Ray mm-hmm. telling him how, Yeah. to 
to work that suit like he did. I was done. Like as I soon did, as I saw that dude put the suit on and start shooting yeah. and using it better than Ray, I was done. I'm like this there, show there is so, completely. Well, it's crazy, Daryl, because there makes, were so many things about this episode that I absolutely loved, and then Nick's, this Nick's then, love of ninjas was great when he when he right, name checked yeah. Ninja Three: The Domination. Right. Yep. I was just like, dude, that movie rules. I can't believe you mentioned that. There are just well, things and that just that, Sarah, Sarah being stepping up as a leader, I like her yeah. as a leader. But I like her as a leader a lot. But there's this thing that doesn't make sense, though, because when you run a company, a tech company, 101 in a tech company is you, you your stuff has to be patented, so you don't make it so that it could be used by other people. That's just 101. You can't make you cannot be you cannot build a company that big if you're an idiot like that. Like it just doesn't work that way. And then you're going into the future, you're going to places where if your armoring falls into the wrong hands, it could cause you devastation. Wouldn't you have it set where if someone else tried to put it on, it, it dead inst- it, it would instantly electrocute well, them. That's what I yeah, would do. If it wasn't yeah, me in the armor, it would exactly. instantly electrocute it, well, them. And all the stuff fuses. All, all, it I would have, have all a DNA the... signature security. I mean, or it a fucking, how about a, hey, how about a fucking PIN number or a password? <laughs> exactly. Okay? I mean, to get to my Steam account, I need to give him yeah. a phone number, a password, and a PIN number. You know, I mean, And I'd could... have it blow up. And I'd have a thing where I could blow it up from, from remote if well, I yeah, had to. You know, I mean... Jim, Jim, you know that the Shogun of Feudal Japan were smart, smart hackers. So they could have gotten past that. It made no or, sense. Or Ray's password was password. Yes. Because <laughs> I'm like, how did you get caught? First of all, you the suit was working when you... When you if the if it's working when that guy put it on, it was working when you why didn't had you just it on. shrink? So why, why didn't you just shrink? shrink or shoot them to make them go or just run off like anything to just kind of like deflect it? It made no sense. Do you, I, hopefully, a, this is his exit from the season. I don't know. I don't think so. I think something else is going to happen to him. I think he's going to he, he doesn't have his suit anymore. So what well, is he going to do? Up. Yeah, but you're in a high tech. Uh, like, I know, but come on. Let's he's going to be... cry about not being a hero a couple more mm-hmm. episodes. Yeah, he gonna, knows the formula. You're right. Something's going to happen to him, or he's going to go back in time and steal his own suit from himself or something. Some situation know. is going to change. Like, he's going to cry about it, and then something's going to happen. You were totally right. And then he'll learn his. He'll be like. Still, he'll go through his whole thing of, you are a hero even without the armor. And yep, then as exactly. soon as they say that in that episode, yep. at the very end, something's going to happen. And then and the next the episode, he either gets powers or he gets... Oh, I was I was exposed to the, um, the white dwarf radiation right. in my suit for so long. Right. Now I can shrink without it. I can shrink without it. So uh, I, it's going to happen. It's totally going to happen. But I would just make it, instead of making him have the expensive suit, you're on a ship that's pretty much uh, a high-tech suit. I mean, a high-tech ship that goes from the future and whatever. I would just make it that he makes fibers in his regular clothes that pretty much can do the same thing that the, that the suit can do. You know, just put little gauntlets on them or whatever and just have it, have it be cheaper. It doesn't have to be bulky armor because that armor looks terrible. Yeah. I'm tired of saying it. Like and, it, and another thing, why when you wear the armor, you get your ass kicked all the time? 
but when someone else exactly it's hard for them to get beat it's hard for you guys to stop it now he's unstoppable and every other time, every time he tries to use the armor, it breaks down or something's yes. wrong with it. All the time. But this time, this one time, it works perfectly. In band camp, that one time, it works well. It's right. perfect. The suit has to be cut off and destroyed because it's so dangerous. So Steel finally gets his mojo back. Mm-hmm. and uh, The last um, samurai, yes. Yeah, and then uh, Ray fights for his armor back, but sets it off to explode, killing the Shogun but also disintegrating his armor, like you said, so now he has no powers. Mm-hmm. And the rest of the legends show up to kind of save the day. Right. And uh, Mick loves ninjas, we learned. A lot. A Yay. lot. And then Vixen gets him a throwing star as a, like, a, kind of a, hey, you're all right after all type. That was a cool scene. And it turns out this is the uh, the blade that Katana wields. In the oh, right, There's yeah. A shout out at the end. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's the family. Right. Oh, I think it's the Yamaguchi. Mm-hmm. Blade or whatever, and there that is the blade used by Katana. So, okay, so Legends of Tomorrow, C, C minus. Yeah, I gave it the C plus. Yeah. I, I just can't. I just can't. I just this can't. show. <laughs> it, 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 some parts of it are so good, and then other parts of it are just not. Yeah, it's just well, like I don't get it. I think yeah. it was Patrick Tony wanted to know um, what our thoughts were on the Wonder Woman UN thing. He asked in the uh, Facebook group. Oh, right, right. She was um, supposed to be like a goodwill ambassador for a woman, yeah. female empowerment or whatever. I'm, I'm fine I'm with that. I'm fine with it. I, I mean, it just seems think... like a lot of debate over nothing. She's a fictional character, for God's sake. You know? yeah, yeah, I thought it was... I, why would I have an issue with it? I thought it was good, but... I thought it was fine. Like, it, I could see if the... I, I, if the part of the argument is they would rather pick a a real person who's actually done you know like done stuff and deserves the, the award, fine. I, I don't argue with that either. They like a, a woman, a real woman in the world who's actually doing great things, and there are plenty. You know, you hear about it all the time. There are plenty that are out there doing great things. Give it to them too. I, I like. I don't. I don't have an. It's not something that I think you should fight about. Like I don't think it should be that big of a big of a deal we have a lot of other more serious issues and problems we need to worry about in that this ain't it. country yeah that than, ain't it than worrying about whether or not a fictional character gets recognition in that way uh if you go to the dc tv uh, podcast facebook group and please join the group because uh it's a fun group there's a lot of good discussion there about all the dc tv shows Mm-hmm. Um, we have a, uh, a Jeff Cassidy, who's one of the cameramen on uh, the camera crew of The Flash, did a little short film called Sidekick, and uh, uh, Emily uh, uh, Bet Ricard is in it, so you know Trevor's going to watch it, and uh, <laughs> some of the other actors from uh, Supernatural and The Arrow are in it, so you might want to check it out. It's pretty cool. Um, we got a little thing this week telling us about Lance and Thea having kind of a father daughter dynamic which is good because it would be creepy if they were dating yeah <laughs> and it turns out that uh ken jr thinks well first usher on legends now r kelly's on arrow i'm saying speaking to uh mr terrific he show. did look like that that he does mask, yeah he does trapped in the closet that's the song <laughs> yes i know i'm, I'm familiar and i'm P. familiar Orange. with mr kelly's work this is the yeah. remix and uh, don't stab me in the back. 
right now, like I'm young, aging nothing but a number from with yeah. Aaliyah. Yeah, I can't fight that other song. So that ends another week of DCTV, and thank you guys for joining me a lot. If you enjoy Geeky Podcasts, I imagine you would. Then definitely tune into the Walking Dead TV podcast on this very same spot, HHWLOD Network. Uh, we talk about The Walking Dead in depth uh, with fans who have been there since the beginning of the show and since the beginning of the comic. So if you like The Walking Dead and like talking and listening to people talk about The Walking Dead, by all means, go there. Uh, also, we have Half Hour Wasted is back in business. Uh, the Podfathers themselves, the guys who started it all, are back on the air, so check that out. Uh, the Weedverse podcast is also in check. And It's All Connected, who do with the Marvel TV side what we do to the DC TV side. Uh, only they have fewer shows to do, so they're, I kind of view them as slackers compared to us. Yeah, nobody much. does it like we does it. That's I'm true. Saying. We watch a lot of TV. And if uh, you, after that, still find the need for Geeky Podcasts, then head over to the Taylor Network of Podcasts.com, where not only will you find a website, which is a cool uh, clearinghouse for geek news and geek uh, uh, news reports and public and PR and stuff, but it's also your site for a bunch of great podcasts, including Nothing's On with Daryl and Donnie Sal, professional comedian Donnie Salvo and myself. Um, uh, no Apologies, which is the No Holds Barred uh, look at life from some of the most outspoken geeks you will ever hear. A uh, new episode of Go Truck Yourself just came up uh, with uh, J.K. Woodward and Daryl talking Trek. Uh, all kinds of fun stuff there. The TaylorNetworkPodcast.com. Check it out. So until next time, until next week, we have another full deck and we will have the Jimbio back herself after she's done mermaiding around the ocean or yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Uh, she'll have tales of dolphin sex to tell us all, I'm sure. I'm sure. Uh, we are ghosts. Good night. Good night. Perfect timing there. Alright, go watch Walking Dead. Yeah, go, go, go watch the show. Good go night. Watch